Frank, could you explain to our listeners what a triple threat match is? Well, a triple threat match um, when it, in the world of wrestling is when there are three wrestlers all in one match and they're all wrestling each other and the winner is whoever pins one of the other wrestlers. So they can work in tandem if they choose or they can just go solo and just uh, every man for himself kind of a thing or or woman. So that's what a triple threat match is in wrestling. Tonight, what we're going to try and do is a triple threat match for uh, a song or for three songs with the same name. And uh, this is an exciting time because my personal attachment to uh, the song that I am going to be champion which is Rod Stewart's Forever Young. I will be defending Bob Dylan's Forever Young. I'm pretty excited about this. Actually, I'm pretty relaxed about this because I already know it's the winner. Well, that's that's a that's a bold statement. And then we have our uh, friend uh, Chris Coop, who's come in to uh, uh, to defend Alphaville's Forever Young. Chris Coop is a musician, so he has a he has a little bit of a technical step up on on the two of us, which is uh, um, I it's okay though. I I always like playing the underdog. Well, thanks for having me, Bill and Frank. That was generous introduction. You know what? I got to be honest, fellas. I um, I've been listening to your podcast for a while, and I didn't initially think that what we were doing would be a shootout or a competition. And um, it will make the discussion interesting because although you've asked me to talk a little bit about Alphaville's version, I mean, I do have a particular affinity to, you know, the other version as, as well. So I don't know if that's, do I have to leave right now because I... <laughs> no, I, I think... I think Are, we, do you, do you, I know that you guys actually, I mean, you must concede a little bit because I know you both pretty well. And I know that even though you've got your songs for the episodes that you're... What that you're talking about, I know that you listen to those songs in the car like all the time. Yeah, and I and I don't think there's a bad version of Forever Young. There's just that my version is less bad or more good than every other version. Yeah, and mostly what I'm doing is I know Frank's proclivities to, to, to quick aggression, and I'm trying to <laughs> sort of calm things down at the outset before it turns into it. You haven't had a fist fight yet on the show, have you? Well, not that we, we haven't uh, even, you haven't really been in, we're together. Actually, it's nice to be back in the Winchester to do this with you guys. But yeah, well, there, there hasn't been, there hasn't been a fist fight that's made it, uh, on, on, onto, on, onto just, any of the edited versions yet. Yeah. The muffled, uh, mics yeah. is, uh, anyways, happy to be here. Great. That was a pretty good move there, Chris, to act as though you are on side with all of us and you're just going to bring it in peacefully. Cause that's a nice way to sneak in a victory to gain support 
from our listeners. So uh, such a cynic, Bill. Yeah, such a cynic. kudos to you. Well, he's already tipped his hat how he's going to how he's going to play this one. I mean, I my my strategy is a little bit different, um, and I'm not going to exactly tell you. Didn't you it, say at the beginning that you were championing Rod Stewart? Though isn't that exactly? Oh no 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 no. But there's there's, there's there's tactics that I can play. Anger? <laughs> well, there's that, but it's basically... Yelling? Uh, shouting? Yes, yes. Those are very common ways to win arguments, but there, uh, this is a little more subtle. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Frank's subtlety. That's, uh, this I'm is pretty be sure exciting. Like, he's got some post-it notes, and on those are probably just ways to berate me and my selection. The one is just a picture of a fist. That's right. <laughs> And a flip drying of yeah. uh, you kicking me in the throat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I. Uh, Anyways, yeah. In my attempt to over prepare, I thought we'd all have opening statements like in a grade seven debate, but then I realized I didn't really prepare as well as I was hoping for. Oh, I just wing it. Just yeah. uh, okay. Well, sure. Um, well, um, moms and dads, uh, teachers, and listeners. I welcome you to our triple threat match, our triple forever young threat match. And I come before you as a humble appreciator of music. And you're going to hear my colleagues talk about their songs. Uh, They'll be making some outlandish statements about the supremacy of their tune. But I, I want you to listen carefully, listen closely, and if you listen with your heart, you will see that I'm right in everything I'm saying, and that Bob Dylan's Forever Young is the one that will reign supreme. Thank you. Well, that's uh, that's a right pretty speech there, Bill. And I like the way that you completely uh, took my approach. Mm-hmm. And appeal to the the listener's emotions as opposed to cold hard facts. Uh, um, yeah, I well, I believe we call that pulling the rug from under a person. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that uh, that my rug has been pulled. Um, but uh, so I am going to counter that with some cold hard facts. Okay. So that, sorry. that will prove my song. Great. Remember, these are opening statements. You uh, don't need to take it personally. I know I I didn't uh, make any attacks, but this is your opening statement. I'm going to physically fight someone. All right. So far, I believe on the judges' points, Bill is up by 15. Okay. Go ahead, Frank. Your opening statement. (laughs) I'm just so Please face the jury. No, I (laughs) I can't get myself together. Uh, No, um, Bob Dylan's song... It's a good song. It's it, it is a a very very good song. It's it's a poetic sweet song. It tries to do what Rod Stewart does with his uh, his version of Forever Young. It's uh it it's single A ball compared to the major leagues. He does a good job. He's trying real hard and he's got the band behind him which you know, also brings brings his song up quite a bit, but uh, the Rod Stewart version, his his version of of uh, um, Forever Young, is just far superior to 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 both Bob Dylan and to Alphaville. Um, Alphaville, who 
can you even name another song that they have done? I mean, they're very, they're forever young is fantastic. It really is. But when it comes down to it, when you think forever young, you think Rod Stewart, because the man himself still looks like a teenager, which is fantastic. <laughs> That's an excellent opening statement. Um, Chris, I know right. you, I, poor Chris is coming in is like, uh, opening statements. Uh, no, we no, also brought you in purposely because right. we didn't want you too prepared because we no, don't want you winning. Uh, entirely unprepared. Yeah, perfect. Uh, and it's going to show. But, you know, um, while Bill, while you're talking and Frank, while you were stuttering, I was, uh, thinking of, you know, do I, do we want to talk about forever young, the impetus to write a song, uh, is it rooted in existential crisis? Is there like, I mean, oh are, are there going really deep? Or, 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 or do I just simply state the greatest love story ever represented in any kind of media? The, the, the love between Marissa and Ryan from the OC was captured by Alphaville's Forever Young. Now, now, be it, it was a cover uh, by the musical group Youth Group. Uh, nonetheless, though, it is that version of the song. So they chose, they could have covered any of the other two, but they didn't. And there's uh, a really important reason, which I think we'll uncover uh, throughout our conversation together. So I'm going to leave it at that. Wow, a cliffhanger. Yeah, okay. right? You know, that, that that's great that uh, a fictional love on a uh, on a teen TV show is uh, is represented by, uh, hold on. by, by hold your on, song. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have read the songs you yourself have penned uh, <laughs> about fictional <laughs> love stories, Frank. There's no way that you can say that with a straight face. The hypocrisy is, is chewing you up right now. But uh, if I can make my point. Yes. The, the fictional uh, love between... Mar- Marissa and Ryan, that's one thing. Mm. But Rod Stewart writing about the love for his children, that's real. That's something. That is an right. emotion that is just so strong right. and so powerful right. and so real. Yeah. You know, those pauses aren't like pregnant pauses where Frank's trying to make a point. He's trying to think of adjectives to use. And he's struggling to find them. This is, a, yeah. Right? Frank is definitely on the ropes. We're watching him. Uh, the rugs pulled out. Rope a dope, my friend. Rope a dope. That's why. That's how I'm playing. You guys are going to tie yourselves out, and I'm going to win. Well, I, I mean, I'm glad you bring up Rod Stewart's songwriting. Um, let's see. Forever Young by Bob Dylan is written by Bob Dylan, and Forever Young by Rod Stewart is written by Bob Dylan and Rod Stewart. That's that's interesting, Frank. Do you okay. want to? There, there, de- there are definite similarities between uh, Bob Dylan's "Forever Young" and Rod Stewart's "Forever Young," and that's why I say that Bob Dylan tries to do what Rod Stewart does. Right, he does it first. He does it first, yeah. but he, but okay, you know, okay. Rod Stewart improves on on Bob Dylan's uh, um, his version of "Forever Young." Yeah. Hey, always be courageous stand up right and be strong and may you stay forever
on your on your post-it notes that you have there yeah um was that top point that you have the with the asterisk that says plagiarism were you gonna use that word in your description of it's not plagiarism because he gives bob dylan a songwriting credit and tell, he got tell, royalties for can you tell uh, us how that happened well. how, how how does that story go with uh, with Rod Stewart penning the Rod song. Rod Stewart wrote his song having never heard Bob Dylan's version, and they were just coincidentally so similar that <laughs> he he found out about this, and then it was just like, hey, Bob, here's an awesome song that I wrote, which totally kicks your song's ass, and um, it's very similar, but it's way better, so, you know, I, I'm a good dude. So I'm going to give you songwriting credit and give you uh, give you royalties from the song. You know, the quality of your points, you don't have to use uh, curse words to uh, to make them frank. This is a... I'm physically going to fight someone tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I, I appreciate yeah. your uh, opinion about um, Rod Stewart. Can and- we... Can we- Actually, can we create an alliance and tag team against Chris for a moment? Because I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We can definitely do that, and then, and gonna, then we'll come back. To and then finish, I'll stab I'll, you in the back. I'll finish you off. Yeah. Sure. Um, sure. But sure. Like, I get, let me put this out here. I feel that even though in my statement I said, I, of course, mine is the the better song, um, and, and you know, I mean, if we were to compare. One of these songs is written by a Nobel Prize 18-time Grammy winner um, inducted in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The other uh, one's written by a knight. Author. Rod Stewart has been knighted. Yeah. So, and, uh, right, where was I going with this? What I wanted to say was, I, I think most people love the Alphaville song. I, it, think, I think most people... Love it until they remember the uh, the Rod Stewart song, right? And so I'm wondering with uh, yeah, so right, I'm coming right. in. I feel like I'm coming in at a disadvantage because objectively Bob Dylan is is better than the no, rest because uh, Rod Stewart perfected the song. Right now, back to the Bob Dylan being the better than the rest. Now um, the issue is no one would say it was a guilt free pleasure because it's Bob Dylan. People aren't embarrassed. And then the Alphaville. Okay. I can't find anyone who says Alphaville stinks, but I can find a lot of people who dislike the Rod Stewart song and scoff at it. So that might be the guilt-free pleasure. The Alphaville might be the the sort of people's choice. Right. But objectively, the sort of thing that will endure for your all time would be the Bob. You know, and Frank, I, I honestly do appreciate the courage you have to willingly choose Rod Stewart's version. I mean, you have chosen the steeper hill to climb here. I, I, going back to your point, I think the Alphaville version is ubiquitous, right? Like you can't go anywhere where that song is not unfamiliar. You know, you can't go anywhere where the song would be unfamiliar. No, that's true. Now, uh, Chris, can you, um, in your in right. your preparedness, can, yeah, you, can yeah. you explain to us what the song is about? Explain to us what Alphaville's song "Forever Young" is about. So Marian, that's a good one, Frank. Yeah, um, good move. Marion Gold, the uh, the lead singer. There's a great documentary, and I think Bill is familiar with it as well. You probably actually might have watched it as well. It's at, for those of you at home, listener, and you can find it on YouTube. There's a couple of really really good ones. Um, was it shown on Fox News? <laughs> it could be because everyone loves it. Even Fox News loves it. Frank, have you heard? There Rod we Stu- go. Have you heard Rod Stewart on Fox News? No. Uh, well, I actually might that might be a point for you. <laughs> so, 
in the in the discussion, actually, it was something that I learned about it. The, the original lyrics, um, Gold uh, is examining his relationship with the crowd because they're they themselves are entirely um, unfamiliar with uh, stardom, with even like musicianship, really. So we can get into that later. But the point is, is he's he's penning lyrics uh, based on his sort of uh, appraisal of what like rock stardom is like. And he's, he's talking about the relationship between the singer and the crowd almost being, uh, or liking it to, uh, fascism. And so the original lyrics, you know, the line where it says we turn our golden faces into the sun. Mm -hmm. He, they actually had penned a line about, uh, sort of including a line about fascism in that. And the, the guys, uh, basically the record companies, like you can't, you can't sing that. And so he himself is actually super critical of the line. Like he says, it's a ridiculous lyric, like turn our faces in gold. It doesn't mean anything. It's silly. But what I like about that is just the sheer honesty of being able to critically appraise your own work in a really, really honest way, which for me makes the rest of the project that much more genuine because you you don't find it very often where, I mean, maybe the guys from Oasis sometimes do that. If you ever ask them, what are you singing about? We just write whatever, you know, whatever comes into our heads. But I appreciate the the honesty that gold had about penning those lyrics and, and you know and saying well you know it's a it's a kind of a joke and i think there's there's value in doing that not just writing garbage you know and then talking about it being like the best thing ever so, so I, I, what i'm saying is that the, the, the lyrics are are almost entirely ridiculous yeah almost entirely okay, yeah but but the interesting thing is that he owns it Okay, well done, Chris. I I was doing some additional research as well. Okay. So here's something neat about the song. So I'm going to kind of switch pace instead of my attack mode. It's just to say (laughs) in this song, he said he would just leaf through um, titles and just things out of movies. And he'd just throw them in. And he was interested in putting in things from movies just to, and then, and then making them fit into something. So here are some lines he claims. And then I found some more. So I was in this interview. Gold explained that his lyric writing technique for Forever Young included some mashing up of familiar parts into an unpredictable whole. Right. What I personally often find intriguing is to read aimlessly through movie or book titles and arrange them according to sudden inspirations. And so here are the lines Heaven Can Wait movie warren Beatty, yeah diamonds are forever yeah james bond yeah we are watching the skies uh is from something else heaven can wait we're only watching the skies hoping for the best but expecting the worst are you gonna drop the bomb or not let us die young or let us live forever we don't have the power but we never say never there's another line that he didn't mention, but another line from the movie is yeah. never say never. And so there's two James Bond references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked up never say never would have been in the theaters while he was writing this song. So it's kind of like he's mashing things up and he's putting them together in this sort of way. Like 
Frank and I are both doing songs that are basically saying the same thing, but yours is saying something different. So in our songs, we're saying, I hope you remain forever young, as in mm-hmm. keep that, that, that innocence, inner child, right? Inner the child. Innocence, yeah. But yours is like, do, do you do really want to? Do you really want to be forever? Like, do you want to like picture Dorian Gray, maybe? Like, do you want to be forever young? Like, actually, literally forever yeah. young, where we're like, well, you know, you're going to die, <laughs> but I hope you're still youthful. Yeah. So. So his approach is basically the thousand monkeys on a thousand typewriters for a thousand years is going to write alpha alphavilles forever young. Well, I guess you know what you could you could look at it one way is I mean it's a pedestrian way of looking at it, but yeah, it might be <laughs> it might be sheer laziness, I guess. Or we take the man seriously and he was moved by a muse to choose he, pop he was, culture he was, references. He was moved by James Bond. You know what? But okay, so I absolutely admit the song is. Lyrically, the song is nonsensical in a lot of ways. But Bill, I'm glad that you raised that one point. It is out of the three, it is the only one that raises that question: Do you actually really want to live forever? And I mean, I would say 90% of the people listening to Alphaville don't spend any time considering that question for any, you know. Well, I think that's that's a question that you need to ask Christopher Lambert, the Highlander. You cannot die, McLeod. Accept it. Good. That is a perfect way to start. Now, he's taking his cues from other sources. Rod Stewart, unintentionally, is definitely taking his cues from Dylan's song, right? That's Did the you thing. say unintentionally? Well, this is... A no, court. he didn't mean to do... He didn't mean to... He's uh, a, Now, he's a Bob Dylan fan. Like, yeah. he likes Bob Dylan, but yeah. when he wrote the song... Well, apparently he loves Bob Dylan he loves when, Bob he, Dylan. when he wrote this song. Yeah, he, so, when they looked at it, his manager said... Wow, these are really similar. And it's it's so similar to each other where you have the opening is... Um, it's a blessing, right? The like blessing, both, yeah. Both, yeah. yeah. And it's like an old the priestly blessing from the Book of Numbers. Yeah. The, yeah. the Lord keep you and all this. And so it's interesting. Like Both of them have the do unto others as you'd have done to you. Rod Stewart is very clear where yeah, uh, Dylan, Dylan is, uh, in his yeah. way says it as well. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that both of them, like they, they're following suit. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. And may you grow to be proud, dignified and true. I'm going to kind of turn on my own self here and say Dylan is not the most original person at all. When you look at his, especially his later work, hmm. he's just taking things from other places. He's the ultimate ma- masher. He takes lyrics and he places them in places. Right. And so Forever Young really yeah. is a song that just takes a whole bunch of like advice you'd give to somebody. It's a great um, right. A kindergarten grad song a little bit right <laughs> did he okay so this was on planet wave is this 74 when it yeah. when it was first on the studio album? The, the album before blood on the tracks so the chronological order just so i get this right it's 74 and then 84 for alphaville and yeah then yeah that's right okay so it's tricky because i i to- i absolutely agree with your point and i mean what well, frank you can correct is was dylan cool with uh like in the end like oh yeah yeah absolutely yeah 
Yeah, yeah. So it was just a matter of well, mostly because like, he got paid for it. But uh, but I want to yeah. clarify this: Did yeah. Rod actually not know what he had pent? Rod, Rod so, no, no, no. Rod Stewart did not know that he was. It's uh, so it, it's unbelievably it's, it's close. so close. Yes, his man just sent it to Dylan. Dylan's reps just said it's fine. We just want to participate in the publishing. So that means both right. they got 50-50 That's right for the song. And they said, but Dylan's never talked about it. They just said, well, what's Dylan feel? And his publicist said, if Dylan had a problem, this song wouldn't have been released. Really? And so, um, yeah. but Bob Dylan did uh, take a take a bit of a shot at Stewart recently. It might be eight years ago or, or maybe less. But there was Rod Stewart has been doing the American Songbook yeah. thing. Yeah. And I, I think he's on number five. I hope he's done. <laughs> but then... <laughs> But to be right. fair, right, then Bob Dylan releases a song of Frank Sinatra covers, or, or an album, sorry, of Frank yeah. Sinatra covers. And then he releases another album of Frank Sinatra covers. And then he releases a three CD uh, album of more Sinatra type song covers. So he's done yeah. five CDs as well yeah. of these Amer- the American right. Songbook. Yeah, and yeah. then Dylan's criticism of Stewart is that he felt that Stewart hadn't really listened to the lyrics. He didn't take them in, that he just kind of went in and sang them. He felt oh, he right. didn't do the job. And yet, and they said the other issue was that the orchestration, the production. But he said Dylan was like, I went in, I felt the songs, yeah. like I, I got into it. And then he just stripped them down and did something different. And I'm with Dylan on this too. But I, you know, and I'm pausing, of course, this is, listeners, this is a ploy to get you to go on my side. But... um <laughs> I really like Rod Stewart. So I, I, as I try to attack Frank over here, I realize I'm like, I was listening to Forever Young a ton. I'm like, oh man, I love the sound of that bass. I think moving and the drums and like, oh, this is so great. This is such a good song. There's a great moment in in the song, and it's at the uh, at the second uh, second uh, time through the chorus, and y- you just you get a driving snare drum coming in, and then the pianos kick in, and then it's the instrumental bridge right. with the uh, with the guitar that just comes like ripping through there, and it's just it's just such a fantastic moment in the song. It just it's it's so um, it just makes you feel everything that he is singing and trying to say. Rod Stewart himself, again, knighted. Right. Rod, Sir Roderick David Stewart. Yeah. Great uh, colonialist, you'd say, Frank? Yeah. Is that how we'd put it? I wouldn't say that. <laughs> okay. Um, but <laughs> I would. He, he says that this is, this is probably his favorite song that he's ever written. Really? Um, and he, it's the song that he's the most proud of because, again, he, he wrote it for his kids because he missed them growing up. Because he was touring, so he he said he missed like a five year chunk of their lives, because he was always on the road and recording and all this sort of stuff. And this was his trying to make it up to them, just like 
I want you to stay like in my heart, you'll always be forever young. And I think we've all experienced this to an extent, like to our parents, we're, I don't think we've ever grown past the age of 12 to them. Like when I, when I'm out with my parents, they refuse to let me pay for my own meals. It's, it's probably because, you know, I don't have a lot of money, but, and I also forget my wallet. If I can inter- uh, interject here, I also enjoy going out with you, with your parents, because they also pay for me. <laughs> That's true. Because because you're my 12-year-old friend. <laughs> my mom just texted me today to say she always knew I had a good singing voice. So <laughs> I had made a joke that because they had my, uh, Elijah was singing while we were singing Puff the Magic Dragon. My dad said, wow, great singing. Said thank you. I've been working on my voice, which was the joke because it's yeah. really talking about Elijah. But my mom responded with, "I always knew In you earnest, had a good right? sing. You're very earnest. Yeah. I yeah. always knew you had I a good voice." I love your mom, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Billy. So. <laughs> but but yeah, and but that that's did she, what... call, did she call you Billy? No, I added that. Ah, oh, rats. <laughs> she probably thought it. She would have thought it. She, yeah, I believe that. If uh, if for the listeners that that don't know, uh, Bill or Billy likes to wear one of those beanies with the uh, with the propellers on it and uh, uh, overalls with the striped shirt and everything. He's it's very Dennis the Menace. So Frank, for you, this is a. It sounds like this is a this is a particularly emotional song for you. Oh, absolutely. I I would not be lying if I said that I've teared up at it once or twice. Really? Yes. Well, the great thing is we'll have at least there'll be one vote for your song. It would That's, be your vote. You right? know what? That's, usually, usually dead air is a bad thing, but that was a good. That was a good pause. Uh, the listeners cannot see that I'm. No, it's a smoldering. I'm look. death staring yeah. at Bill right now. I I think li- the listeners will will side with me. I I think a lot of listeners. Well, who knows who Bob Dylan is? Really, like no one does, right? Like, <laughs> well, that is true. He is quite the chameleon, not a karma chameleon, but a definite chameleon. Good yes, <laughs> thank, you. thank you. And his song was written to his child. I think on the birth of his child or seeing his children, he also wrote. He said he didn't want to be um, like predictable or trite in what he was saying. So, I mean, when I read the the criticism, really? I know this is odd because Time Magazine ranked it one of the 10 worst songs of Bob Dylan's career. Oh, really? Well, lyrically, I... Lyrically. Yeah. I mean, when you hear the song, like the, the there's there's so many versions because on Planet Waves, there's a fast version. Yeah. And there's a slow version. The slow yeah. version is magnificent. Yeah. The fast version, not so much. May God bless and keep you always. May your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. May you build a ladder to you the stars and climb on every round. And may you stay forever young. We need to get back to that point because I want to make a connection between Alphaville yeah. and, and Dylan. Yeah, all right. Well, let's do it. Okay. Everything you say about Dylan just helps the listeners realize how right. how much he contributed to so, both of your artists that you're trying to. Rod uh, Stewart is a model train enthusiast. So that's another point in my favor. Okay. All right. For all the model train enthusiasts out there. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to help you out, Frank. Frank. So uh, back, so this idea that of Dylan's slow and fast version, um, I think a lot of people um, probably have actually heard the up-tempo version of Alphaville's song. I think it gets more radio airplay. There's a that's slow sort, tempo? That's just a, that, okay. So this is the one, they, when they brought their producers in, uh, the guys uh, like Frank and uh, Marion and looking at my notes here. Baron Hard. 
weren't uh, weren't super thrilled with the production of the song. And um, this is back in okay. There's two points that I want to make. So the first one, I'll stick with it. Just the tempo. So the first first version is an up tempo, and they just can't get it right. They're sitting in the studio and they're just playing it again and again, and it's just not working at all. Andreas Buda, who is one of the producers for the tune, comes in and he's like, "No, no, no, this isn't working at all." And he goes, "Take everything back, put in the strings." So you'll, if you're familiar with just the beginning of the song, that mm-hmm. that synth riff yeah, yeah, with yeah. the strings, it's it's incredible. It's it is a great opening. Okay, and then he just and then he just and then mix the vocals in. So just the synth strings and the vocals, and they listen to it and they're like, "That's the song." Right there. So they basically took out the 16th, like the beat, like the, the up-tempo beat, and it became a ballad in about, you know, 10 seconds when they realized that what they had on their hands wasn't a dance tune. It was a ballad and then sort of the history. Ballad about nonsensical things. They're basically lyrics that they cut out of a magazine and smashed onto a piece of paper. I feel like I almost want to quote lines out of Alphaville's Forever yep. Young to kind of bring us to like, um, I'm, I'm looking for something... Well, you can't find it, can you? <laughs> nonsensical. No, you know what? And I'm, I absolutely embrace the absurdity of the lyrics. Some are like water, some are like the heat. Some are a melody, and some are the beat. Sooner or later, they all will be gone. Why don't they stay young? It's a powerful tune, I think, musically. If you can sort of get past the. Uh, well, the lyrics. There's yeah. no, they say there's no irony in his voice or in their approach. And I yeah. also argue, yeah. uh, argues not even the words, support Frank here saying uh, Broad Stewart has no irony in his Oh, no, in no, his, no, no, no. There, there's, no, there, in that there's song no either. irony whatsoever. No, Bob Dylan, uh, we're always wondering. Uh, oh, yeah. he, this Is the one, entire song a satire? I, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I think people are disappointed because there's no irony in the song. And they're like, "What is? What's, this isn't how Dylan does his things. I hope I'm yeah. used. I hate, I had a rule in my English classes that no one was allowed to use the word irony oh, yeah. because I would say, I have no idea really what it means. No, it's, <laughs> it's a black fly in your Chardonnay. <laughs> that's irony how about i'm not sure if i'm jumping the gun here but do we want to move to a, to a couple categories just to mix things up here i have a i was couple. i was i was thinking that yeah. and um the one i wanted uh, i Great. know bill has a, a a schedule we we have to keep here but uh Great. i'm i'm a little more like jazz music and how's that I don't know. That's like robot. (laughs) Robot jazz. It's an emerging emerging sound. All right. Um, Jazz it up, Frank. But um, your favorite lyric from the songs. Oh, good. If you can pick one one line from from your song, which one would it be? The line that I'm that I choose from uh, from Rod Stewart's uh, Forever Young. I think it actually references Bob Dylan, uh, not directly, but indirectly. And, and it goes, build a stairway to heaven with a prince or a vagabond. Bob Dylan being both prince and vagabond in that scenario. So in... You're talking about the Rod Stewart song. He's yeah. referring to Bob Dylan as a prince. I, or a I don't think directly, but I think you can indirectly uh, um, it sort of make that connection. Okay, because he looks like a hobo. Okay, hold on. A lot of the time. <laughs> was that, that was, yeah, I, it, yeah. This, this. I don't want to step into the next. I'll bring that up in the next category. But the, uh, 
Uh, yeah, I was, the, you really surprised me. The prince, I remember hearing, it's like, did he just say prince or vagabond? I had to read, like, what? He's, right. So they're building a stairway to heaven with, is the prince and the vagabond working? With the prince or a vagabond. But, but they're helping them build the stairway to heaven. Yes. Wow. I wonder where he got the idea of a stairway to heaven. Yeah. I, I wonder where <laughs> Bob Dylan got all of his lyrics from. The Bible. <laughs> that's right that's good all right so my favorite i'm gonna get like the the line that i like the most is may you have a strong foundation when the winds of changes shift but before that the two lines before go like this may your hands always be busy may your feet always be swift may you have a strong foundation when the winds of changes shift may your hands always be busy may your feet always be swift May you have a strong foundation when the winds of change is shift. And just the winds of change is shift as advice for a child or as a as someone growing up, the, the life is going to it's going to things will switch up, things will happen, but you want to keep that foundation. And it was actually like a moment with Bob Dylan where it's like, oh wow, that's really that's really tender-hearted. That really is moving now the um may your hands always be busy and may your feet always be swift little trivia for you howard cosell quoted this when muhammad ali defeated um leon spinks during the 15th round of their rematch and became the world heavyweight champion oh, for the okay. third time so cosell quoted forever young and they're like whoa who does this who quotes bob dylan yeah. and so i know <laughs> in boxing in boxing no less, right yeah, so that's my favorite. And then, well, right on to you, Chris, because, I mean, you have so much to choose. You could almost have, like, and a I, uh, you know generator for your song. There's one There's one line that always stands out, and it, it's not because it means anything. It's not significant to me because of its meaning. It's just because it's such a strange line. Uh, it's so hard to get old without a cause. I don't want to perish like a fading horse. Right? <laughs> So is this? Are they joining me? Yeah, that's great. This is. I was like, I, <laughs> it's such a. Okay, so if we're if we're if we're gonna go back to the source of of Mary Cold's lyrics, like flipping through liter, lit, I find that fascinating. What on earth was he looking at? Like, I don't. I've never heard that expression. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I just feel like oh, I'm tired. I don't want to perish like a fading horse. horse. I'm gonna use that more often. I think. I love but, transliteration. Uh, I love it because it's uh, it's such a strange idea and a strange thought. So it's the strangeness that drew me to it. And I can't listen to the song without that lyric, you know, um, being jarring in a way. I don't want to perish like a fading horse. It's a hard to get out without a corpse. I don't want to perish like a fading horse. In terms of a wedding song, uh, which one of these could be in a slow dance at a wedding or a fast dance right so forever young the um the rod stewart version that would be the uh father daughter wow dance I would yeah think. It, it feels like it's a little too quick i gotta be honest i think alphaville's version and this is sort of macabre but uh people are talking about it like i played this at a funeral like at several funerals yeah, yeah. oh that's a great switcheroo category because I, I was gonna say i could see alphaville actually being 
put into a wedding. So I can't see the right. other ones, yeah. but a funeral song. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I think Alphaville is <laughs> a great funeral. This is yeah. a new category. Cool. Chris, you brought a new category. Yeah, well, thanks, man. Is this a great funeral song? I, I, I personally have never heard it at a funeral, but no, I feel they would have only really focused on Forever Young and they would have missed the question that follows that and they wouldn't have listened to anything about yeah. turning your golden face into the sun or uh, perishing like a fading horse. Yeah. Or any well, of that yeah, other stuff, which, I don't know, does that work? Maybe it works at some funerals, I don't know. Um, well, horse funerals, horse, yes. Yeah, <laughs> horse funeral. It would <laughs> be a great one for... A, That's a really slight against the horse that's perished. Bring it to the racetrack. <laughs> yeah. You, see- you go to a lot of horse funerals, Frank? <laughs> I've been to my fair share, yes. <laughs> How about, uh, we haven't talked about the music videos. Ah, Bill. Is, is there one for... Uh, the Bob Dylan is just like, you get a couple live versions and yeah. you're like, okay, but, no, I, I think but that, we got two music videos yeah, that we, we got to talk about. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do. I, I you know what? I was... <laughs> I the, que- the one question that I have is, I would love to read the casting call for Rod Stewart's video, Wanted curly-haired, gingered, freckled kid who's willing to be cuddled by a man with the same haircut as David Bowie from the movie Labyrinth. <laughs> like, and to, like, just be, like, yeah, and not just cuddle, but you gotta, like, watch the kid's hand yeah. as he grabs yeah. his lapel. The kid yeah. is terrified. Well, I know he, he, he looks up and it's terrifying. That is, not a, that is not a look of, like, <laughs> I feel safe. He grabs his nose at one point. Yeah, that, I was just uh, gonna say that. Yeah. He also checks his beard, which is a kid move saying you have a rough beard, even though you shave. No, I do the, the the grab. So you find him fit no, afraid. No, no, no. I, the kid checks to see if he's alive. Like he touches his he's face. He's forever young. Of course he's alive. Well, you got to ask what power is. Frank, Frank is your affinity to the yeah. song because the. I could see myself in that child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Frank is also one of the five. Is it five? You're a five percenter? Uh, a three percent three percenter so you are also a red a red-haired natural uh, redhead natural redhead right. real deal right. the uh okay so uh the alphaville video well we can start we'll start with rod stewart the rod stewart video yeah he he's uh driving through uh midwestern america yeah yeah and each character is kind of seeing all the various characters very positive mm-hmm one thing that got me about the video is like, so they're going on, she's on the back of a truck, no seatbelt, but it's the Midwest. Okay, Rod, and it's the 80s. Okay. There's a moment where the camera pans. Yeah. There's no one driving the car. Right. So it's like, is this a, is this now like a thriller or a ghost driver or yeah, ghost or, car? Ghost car. Yeah. Right. So it's like right. that movie Ghost Dad. I, you know what? That's exactly what I thought. I, this is a, this is Ghost Dad. Or so at least if, yeah. Is Ross yeah, yeah. dead in it? No, no, I think dead. there's just a ghost driving the car. Okay, okay. come on, <laughs> sorry, Bill, use your brains. <laughs> no, I like the idea better that it's a Rod Stewart corpse, like, and that's why the kids. We, ter- no, that's why the kids he's terrified. He's not a corpse because he's forever young. Even it's in the song. We've okay. established this. Yeah, he's, he's not dead. Some unholy power is keeping Rod Stewart. Preserved. The man's knighted. The man's a, the crypt keeper, Frank. The picture <laughs> like, of Roderick Stewart by Oscar Wilde. Dylan is the crypt. Actually, both of them could vie for the role of crypt keeper. Oh, okay. Now, right. so Chris in Alphaville. Yeah, I, is this I, before I, or after Cocoon? I just because <laughs> there's no like there's, they're they're going to live forever. You know what? Or Close Encounters. My favorite my favorite part of the video is there's a gentleman wearing an old-timey like pagan hat from i'm not sure exactly and he takes it off and he has the greatest head of hair it's just the locks that that hair reveal is phenomenal and i feel like that directoral point like 
for me, um, I mean, pretty much just sums up the entire, like the quality of the video. Like it's just about revealing, revealing things that are beautiful, revealing things that are useful. It needs to be, I, you know, I, I, I'm saying this, but I can't defend it. They walk through a shining diamond. It's just a guy with a, like it's great, right. a massive, <laughs> a massive light. But I want uh, a remastered it, version so I could see all the wires or whatever is holding up this thing. I, I yeah. It, yeah. it was still moving. Both the Rod Stewart video is fantastic and it needs to be digitally remastered. So and put in the Library of Congress somewhere. Yeah. Even though he's English, but whatever. Like right. I, it Scottish, is Scottish. Ooh, that's yeah. a big miss by me. Uh, any, uh, I, that's, uh, I, I had a whole bunch of other things, but I think, uh, like we've, I feel like we've covered. I mean, I would. I did have something about like. Well, I've definitively uh, defended my song, so I yeah. Don't know about you guys. Do I you, don't think that Alphaville really needed much defense, to be perfectly honest. Exactly, because they're indefensible. Right. And Bob Dylan, I believe he. Uh, you know, Bob Dylan is Bob Dylan. If you're a Bob Dylan fan, you're already on side, and if you're not, you will at some point just join our team. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like I said, you, this is a. You, this is a tough challenge. Well, this, every, every, every episode that you have when you pit songs together, like I said, I honestly didn't think that it would be like like a huge shootout. And especially it's difficult for this episode because the merit of all three, and that's not me. You know how some people concede by like opening themselves so up Chris to, to the, to, to that the, our songs to the better. merits of that, it. That's what I'm picking up right now. Yeah. But, but it, um, you know, so it's... Uh, I love the Dylan version, like mm-hmm. when the especially some of the live versions. Uh, it's it's a great it's a great tune. Can you stay? actually love the Stuart version because of the musical like they hold a chord at the beginning and you're absolutely right when it kicks in and that kind of music is stuff that I like to play I love to listen to yeah and so musically does that The Alphaville is haunting in a way that the other two aren't. I feel like is if this this is a triple threat match that ended up involving pacifists and the final move was the three-handed handshake. Handshake, yes. And so, right. holding up our arms in victory as yeah, we walked out so. to the 
to the count out. Yeah. yeah As right. we walked out to Rod Stewart's forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it's which it's, is probably the better walkout song, I would say. Would you guys agree with me? I would. Would I walk out to this song if I heard it? Would I walk out of a place? Maybe. Yeah. Right. 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 That's a good. Good. Okay, you're twisting my words. I am. You know, All right, sort well, of word I, wizard. You know, there, I, uh, there are uh, both. We're both at peace and maintaining our Cold War, which is, uh, um, was that detente? Is that what you? Is that what you call yeah, it? This is a a, a detente. Yes. Yeah, it's a debutante. <laughs> I, I I appreciate you guys choosing. Well, both of both Bill and Frank know that most of the bands that I've played in, they've centered around synths. Like, and I've been into old, you know, core, and actually we have some of the equipment that Alphaville uh, used. And you, it's... You got it in a, in a garage sale, one of their garage sales in Germany, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But any, but anyhow, like, uh, that that tune is... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's I feel like in the same way that I listen to... Uh, Lightfoot's uh, Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, like that haunting, like the chord progressions. Yeah. Like yeah. it's a, it's a powerful tune. Mm-hmm. So cool. thanks for, I didn't have a choice, by the way, listeners. That, that yeah. was just. Yeah, yeah you me, were so given. Yeah. I couldn't even select it, but I'm happy. I'm happy I got it. Yeah. Well, we are, we're thrilled you're here. We'd like to have you uh, return as well. Oh, thanks, Bill. Yeah. So I'm speaking. Uh, Frank, Frank, would you say that too? Oh, could, you, could you please invite him as sure. well? Sure. <laughs> it's a kind gesture, Frank. The viewers can't. Or no, the, it was the fantastic having can't. having Chris on the show today and uh, <laughs> um, and having him concede to the song written yeah, you know by, what, uh, by by the knighted train enthusiast. So I, I think we uh, yeah, yeah sure and yeah. and of course Bob Dylan thanks you both for your best attempts and uh, <laughs> this has been Bill and Frank's guilt free pleasures with Chris and thanks for coming along. Mm-hmm.